Have you ever come home from a long day just to find out that that meat you needed for your recipe has totally slipped your mind the last time you went to the grocery store? Well, with the help of ButcherBox, you might never have to deal with that problem ever again. With ButcherBox, you get the convenience of having high-quality meat and seafood delivered straight to your door. Not to mention the peace of mind you get to feel knowing that it's 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free. All humanely raised with no antibiotics or added hormones. Let ButcherBox help make your life even easier. No grocery store required. In addition to free shipping on every order, you get to curate your box plans, have access to member-exclusive deals, get recipe ideas and inspiration, as well as helpful tips. You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up for ButcherBox today by going to butcherbox.com morningcup and use the code morningcup at checkout and enjoy your choice of bone-in chicken thighs, top sirloins, or salmon in every box for an entire year. Plus, get $20 off. Again, that's butcherbox.com slash morningcup and use the code morningcup. Now on Netflix, inspired by the unbelievable true story of a fake hitman, comes the new movie, Hitman, from Academy Award nominee Richard Linklater. At 96% certified fresh on Rotten Tomatoes, critics are calling Hitman a smart, sexy crime thriller with surprises at every turn. Starring Glenn Powell and Adria Arjona, Hitman. Now playing on Netflix and in select theaters. Rated R. Wondery's new true crime podcast, The Apology Line, begins with Alan Bridge posting flyers around New York City asking people to anonymously apologize for their crimes. Not to God, not to the police, but to his answering machine. Within hours, the calls started coming in. People apologizing for stealing, infidelity, lying, and even murder. Alan got dozens of calls from people claiming to be murderers, but one man stood out. Richie. He was deliberate, measured, and his calls would leave thousands wondering if he really was the serial killer he claimed to be. That was until Richie offered to provide proof of his crimes. I'm about to play you a preview of The Apology Line, but while you're listening, make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts, or you can listen early and ad-free by joining Wondery Plus in the Wondery app. Wondery. Feel the story. The following contains descriptions of violence, including sexual violence, and may not be suitable for all listeners. Please be advised. It was early 1981, and I was with a group of friends at a loft in New York City. It was a dinner party with, I think, about six, maybe eight of us around the the big table. Doug Welch was there, too. Through the huge windows, we could see the lights of the Empire State Building. Rosary candles flickered on a curved bookcase that separated the living room from the bedroom. These gatherings always went late. We were all artists, so we talked about our work, politics, and how we were surviving in the city. The host was a man named Alan. Toward the end of the dinner, as it was wrapping up, um, Alan just sort of casually said, would anyone like to hear the latest that came in today from Apology? Apology? was Alan's newest project. Doug's girlfriend, Carrie, vaguely remembered it had something to do with people calling a phone line. Alan held up a cassette tape. Alan was standing and sort of gesticulating, and yeah, he was excited. And we all kind of said, well, sure. Alan walked over to his cassette player, popped in the tape, and turned out the lights. First, 
we listened to what every person who called Alan's phone line would hear, an outgoing message in Alan's deadpan voice. This is apology. Apology is not associated with the police or any other organization, but rather as a way for you to tell people what you have done wrong and how you feel about it. All statements received by apology will be played back to the public, so please do not identify yourself. Talk for as long as you want. Then we heard the voices of callers who'd left messages. I witnessed a crime. I did not report it down in the men's room at Penn Station. Someone being forced in the booth and being robbed. I feel very badly about not reporting it. Bye. I'm really sorry because I'm white and female and rich. I would like to stop feeling the way I do about the blacks and the Puerto Ricans and the Chinese and the Japs. I just wanted to say I'm sorry to all those poor souls out there that wake up black and blue the next day after I beat the shit out of them. I've got not really an apology to make except to one person who's my lover, who's listening on extension. And I'm sorry that I've made his life difficult. To him, I love you, Max. I apologize. Around the dinner table, no one moved. Everything became quiet except the tapes. The calls kept coming and became more disturbing. Well, I guess, uh, you know, the, to the 15 or 20 people that I've stolen money from and mugged and robbed and frightened, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to say it 15 times, do I? <laughs> this last caller wasn't like the others. Let's see, there's uh, Henry. Uh, I killed Henry. He was a neighbor. He was a, uh, he was a classmate of mine. Around the table, the mood suddenly changed. The atmosphere in the room just shifted from this convivial, you know, post-dinner contentment to abject horror as this, uh, almost this incubus sort of entered the room through the speaker and, and was actually in the room with us. This is a fantastic service that you're doing. It was um, a very tortured, uh, yet dangerous-sounding person. The world would be full of people like me if we just knew that all we had to do was just say, I'm sorry, and everything is all right. Hearing that voice and watching that light just blinking, blinking, blinking red, and uh, kind of wanting it to stop. <laughs> Alan got up and turned the lights back on. He looked around, waiting for a response. I just remember us all looking over our empty wine glasses at each other with our jaws hanging open. No one could say a thing. I think we all <laughs> just silently put on our coats and we just sort of filed out quietly and said, thank you very much. <laughs> Doug and Carrie were quiet on the walk to the subway. Once we were on the train, I just remember looking at every, all these faces and wondering, is that that sicko who was just, you know, just confessing everything to us? You know, it wasn't something you listen to and then just move on. I couldn't move on either. Alan's art project was starting to take on a life of its own, and it would eventually take over his life and mine. 
There were two more murders 15 miles away. When police the arrived, they found the telephones and electricity lines. We have a weird homicide. A scene described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird... Morning. Cop of murder. Not every abduction has a happy ending. As of 2001, there are 730,000 missing people above the age of 18. And with numbers like that, it's easy to lose hope when someone you know goes missing. On January 19, 2005, a 19-year-old girl went missing from a local Walmart. And though her parents tried to maintain hope, her story would have anything but a happy ending. So if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. On January 19, 2005, 19-year-old Megan Leanne Holden left her job at a Walmart in Tyler, Texas and walked to her pickup truck situated in the back of the parking lot. Megan was in good spirits. She had only been working at Walmart for a month and had just started classes at the Tyler Junior College. New job and new prospects, she had everything going for her. As she stood at the side of her truck, probably exhausted from her night shift, a man came running up behind her and pushed her inside. He jumped into the driver's seat, shut the door, and drove off with Megan still inside. When she did not return home that night, her family grew concerned. By January 20th, in the early morning hours, Megan Leanne Holden was reported missing. What they didn't know, and what investigators would eventually find out, is that the entire abduction and how the man responsible acted just before was caught on Walmart surveillance tapes. They showed a man shrouded in a dark hoodie standing outside the store for nearly two hours before Megan got off work, smoking and walking in and out of the store, even following two other women in the parking lot on two separate occasions, but eventually backing off before causing them any harm. Despite having him on tape committing this crime, the best lead they had was that he was still driving Megan's truck. A bolo was sent out in regards to her pickup truck, and before long, that truck showed up at a hospital in Wilcox, Arizona. The man who was driving, the man who abducted Megan, was a former Marine named Johnny Lee Williams Jr. Apparently, Johnny had driven Megan's truck to the Mount View Trailer Park in Arizona, where he attempted to rob a man a man who then shot Johnny and injured him enough to warrant him going to a local hospital. While there, an officer noticed the truck and called for backup. He was arrested on January 21st and taken into custody, where, as part of a plea bargain to avoid the death penalty, Johnny sat down with Megan's family for five hours and gave them the excruciating details of what they were learning was Megan's last few hours of life. According to Johnny's story, he was dropped off about a mile away from the Walmart by a friend and stood outside looking for a victim. That's when he saw Megan. He needed a ride out of town to avoid a crack cocaine charge that was pending against him and saw her as his way out. She willingly gave up her keys when he demanded them and they drove off. He eventually made his way to his trailer where he sexually assaulted the 19-year-old girl for three or so hours. He then moved on to a hotel in Odessa checks in, and rapes her again. After he was done, he told her that he would take her back to Tyler. The entire time Megan was under his control, she complied with his every demand out of fear. She listened, responded, and did her best to give him everything he wanted. 
He was twice her size after all and had a gun that he could turn on her at any minute. But after everything he put her through, when he took a wrong turn in the opposite direction of Tyler, she grew angry and hit him in the face. He snapped and grabbed her by the throat, opened the passenger door, and pushed her out. He then got out, walked over to where she was lying, and strangled her until her body went limp. He then grabbed his 45 caliber, dragged her to an embankment, and shot her two to three times. When he was sure she was dead, he got back into her truck and drove off to get a cheeseburger, robbed a food store, and then to that trailer park where he was shot in the shoulder. 36 hours after her abduction, Megan Leanne Holden's body was found exactly where Johnny said he left her. According to sources, Johnny was a normal, pleasant man who had his life changed forever when he joined the military that it was his service and the combat he saw while in Iraq that turned him into the monster that killed Megan. Johnny Lee Williams Jr. pled guilty to capital murder and was sentenced to consecutive life sentences for murder, aggravated sexual assault, kidnapping, and robbery. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on January 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live. Our kids have said to us since we've moved to Minnesota, we are far more active than we've ever been anywhere else we've ever lived. Moving to Minnesota opened up a lot of doors for us. Just this overall sense of community, of values that, you know, Minnesotans have. It's a real accepting, loving community, especially with two young kids. See what makes Minnesota the star of the North. New residents share why they love calling it home at exploreminnesota.com slash live.